and welcome to the YA podcast. If you are from England and in the Cambridge area, you may have heard of the C3 Church and this is the Young Adults Recordings from our services. We meet at 7.30 in the C3 Centre on a Wednesday to worship and hear some word and also to gather together for some discussion. And one of our members has kindly recorded our preachers so that you can catch up or listen online. If you're not from the Cambridge area and you would like to come visit us, please do. Um, otherwise, enjoy. Tonight, we have the absolute pleasure, 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 wow, pleasure of uh, another fairly familiar face around C3. You may have seen him in the drum kit. You may have seen him on a small platform like this or on the larger platform like this. But we have the honor of uh, Mr. Josh Campbell, who is the head of our creative department here at C3 and also uh, Cambridge location pastor with his wife, Katie. Um, Josh is great. I actually got to live with Josh and Katie for three months and it was fantastic. I had a great time. We joked that I was like their little adopted child, which was funny because they were also pregnant at the time. So it was like a warm up. Um, so, you, so you're welcome. <laughs> but anyway, Josh is here to open our worship series. So put your hands together for Josh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going with the table, I'm afraid. Um, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a, yeah, what an introduction. So Mia was like, a warm-up, fully-grown adult child before we had a baby. <laughs> Great. I don't know what that says about any of us. Um, cool. So, kicking off our worship series, um, I wanted to sit down this evening because I've just been at a conference for the last couple of days looking all about generosity. And I thought, you know what? It feels like if it's a sit-down kind of evening after two days of conferencing. So... Uh, you've got me sat down this evening, and I always feel like when you sit down, it's because you've got to talk about some serious business, um, and hopefully it is serious business, and it's good. Oh, do you know what? This is really random. Um, when you get up here on the platform and there's lights and you realize you haven't cleaned your glasses, it's really annoying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're disgusting. Um, anyway, we'll try and move on from that. So um, hopefully many of you heard the message that was preached on Sunday. Um, that gives a real good context for worship. If you didn't hear it, I would encourage you to go and listen back to it or watch it back. It was a fantastic message. I think worship is, if you don't know, I'm going to refer to my dad as dad. It shouldn't be a revelation to many people, but he is my father that was speaking on Sunday. Um, what? Miracle, you didn't know. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's one of my dad's sweet spots when he talks about worship. I think it's one of the things he talks about the best. So if that's not a big endorsement to go listen to it again. I lent over to Katie on Sunday and said, if my dad wrote a book, he should write it about worship because I think he's got something to say. Um, and so that's kind of a little introduction to say this sort of follow along follows along from that. And I am actually preaching this Sunday, this weekend. So you've got a, um, a different message, but there may be some of this in Sunday because I'm kind of formulating my thoughts about what I want to say on Sunday. And I'm going to be looking at this topic, but I've kind of zoomed in on one area that I will briefly talk about on Sunday. But what I wanted to talk about this evening was five things that I have learnt about worship. Five things that I have learnt about worship. Um, I have served in many different worship environments. Um, 
And as soon as you say the word worship in church, everyone jumps to music and singing straight away. And I have done lots of different things like that. I was the f- when we launched YA, I was the first worship leader ever at YA. Me and Mr. Cy Beaumont were, were, the, were the worship leaders. Um, I have done all sorts of different things. Um, and that is as a way to say that I've kind of experienced lots of different things about how we talk about worship in church. Um, and I still think we get lots of things wrong. <laughs> And I think we get distracted sometimes by what we think worship is when actually, if you listen to Sunday's message, that was a great example of what really the true worship is. And so what I wanted to do this evening was to take us right back to the beginning, right back to the beginning of Scripture, right back to the beginning of um, where we first see this word worship appear in the Bible And to do that, we need to go to Genesis. Um, So Genesis 22, if any of you are looking for scripture reference. And I'm going to read. I've somehow ended up in Nehemiah. Hang on. Some of Genesis 22. And this is a heavy topic. (laughs) Um, This is quite full on, but it comes good. So here we are. Genesis 22. It's the Old Testament. We're here with this man, Abraham. He's a very significant character in the Bible. And uh, this is what it says in Genesis 22. Then Abraham, Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Wow, what a topic. What a topic. So what are the five things that I want to pull out of this today? Well, number one, this passage, you know how sometimes in Scripture it puts little um, titles over chapters to say, or it's titled The Sacrifice of Isaac. Uh, Joel's probably like freaking out right now. Like, Oh no, he's he's happy. Joel's son is called Isaac. (laughs) Joking. Um, That would be weird. Point number one, if we, if we look at Scripture, and one of the rules of when we interpret Scripture is that we go back to the first mention of a word 
And when it has a, the first mention, it is often said with significance. So that there is the first time the word worship appears in the Bible. So straight away, we get a picture of what goes along with worship. And what is that? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Because you can't worship without ultimately having to give some sort of act of sacrifice. And when we look at this, this is the first time worship appeared in the Bible. Is there a mention of singing? No. Is there a mention of a harp? No. Is there a mention of an acoustic guitar? No. None of those things are mentioned. But what is mentioned is that Abraham was prepared to do something that would have cost him greatly, would have cost him everything. You know, Abraham was promised that he would have descendants as many as the sand, as many as the stars. Um, but they struggled to have children. So Isaac was a fulfillment of a promise. So this was a, a big, big deal because Isaac's like, you know, he is, he is Abraham's everything. Like he's, his dreams, his desires have all gone into this son. And yet he's prefer, prepared to do a horrific act, like an absolutely awful act, because he's so sold out in his belief that he needs to serve God and live out a sold out, passionate life to him. Now, God ultimately provides the ram. So we don't need to get concerned about, you know, what, what could have been sort of thing. But that's, that's the level of sacrifice that is, that is required to worship our God. Now that's intense. That's intense. It's like full on. It's um, kind of scary in a way. But also, um, there's, I don't want to say it now because that's the end of my message. But there's good news at the end um, because it points to something else that's coming, um, which is exciting. Number two, second lesson that I've learned, it requires preparation. It requires preparation. See, if we look back here, and if we go earlier, so Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. So there is preparation involved in the act of worship. So when we are coming to gather together as one people, we should actually be turning up prepared, prepared with an offering, because actually this is the principle that we're learning here, is that we see throughout Scripture repeated on, people turned up with offerings to the temple to offer to God. And so sometimes we turn up to worship because we want to experience something, but actually we should be coming to worship and to have something ready prepared in our soul, in our heart, to offer to God that's pleasing. And not only that, the pleasing thing is that it's costly because we've already just learned that it should be sacrificial. So it requires preparation. And that looks different for many different people. Sometimes that preparation might be what Mia said and I thought was great before. Some of you turned up this evening. Uh, you had to prepare, in a way, to do practical things as well as aligning yourself with a spiritual thing to be here this evening. And so when we gather together, there might have been an element of, oh, I prepared my heart in a way, that, or I prepared my body and my mind by actually the act of saying, I'm going to make the step of standing up, walking out the house, getting in the car, getting on a bike, whatever it was, however you got here, that was a level of preparation. Third thing that I want to point out 
It requires obedience. It requires obedience. If you can try and empathize with how Abraham would have been feeling, if you can put yourself in his shoes, I think there would have been a lot of fear. I think there would have been incredible amounts of kind of this loss of a I don't, confusion. I don't understand why this goes against everything that you've spoken to me about, God. You've promised me this child, and now you're telling me that I need to be prepared to give up this child who is a, a gift from you. This doesn't make sense. And yet, what Abraham does is he just goes about his business because he's heard from the Lord. This is what it says a few times in here, if we can find this. Um, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Here I am. I love that idea. And you see that phrase repeated in different stories with different people throughout Scripture. Here I am. Here I am, God. As if to say, God, I'm listening. I'm paying attention. Here I am. I will, I'm ready to do what you ask of me. I'm ready to reinterpret what I thought you'd asked of me and have a revelation of what it really is that you want me to do. It's about obedience. One of the things I've learned is about obedience. And here's the fourth thing I want to touch on a little bit. When we talk about worship, and we conflate it with music, and we conflate it with singing, those things are important. Um, I looked up here, in because uh, I was just like, huh, I wonder what we could talk about in terms of uh, the Bible and, and music and how important it is. Cheeky little Google, like literally while the worship was going on. And you can see, look, David established a pool of 4,000 Levites as potential performers. They accounted for more than 10% of the 38,000 Levites. And it says, I don't know what this is quoting. Um, some kind of examination was probably necessary for the process of selection since musical ability is not always inherited. David himself was involved together with his officials in the appointment of 24 leaders of the watchers, each of which had 12 musicians for a total of 288 musicians. So they were overseeing different parts and different bands and, and that was what they were doing to be able to gather. And in, in, This was when the tabernacle had been put into the temple so that the God's presence was there. So there was a constant sound of worship and music going on in this place. Now, when we talk about worship and music, which has a significance and is important in the Bible because it comes up over and over and over again, we can see that there is a need for um, skilled musicians, for skilled people, because they're applying their skills and their trade to worship God. However, in this instance... There wasn't any skill required. <laughs> the things that he needed were fire, were wood, and a knife. Um, I, there wasn't particularly any skill involved. It, it was, I'm prepared to sacrifice. I've prepared my, my heart, and I've prepared the resources that I need, and I've stepped out in obedience in order to be able to do these things. And so it wasn't about being, I can only do worship well if I have achieved X. Or I can only do worship well if I'm a musician or if I look a certain way or if I do certain things. No, what's clearly taught through here is that sacrifice, preparation and obedience is their, their heart issues 
mixed with some practical steps of putting yourself in a position where you're going to step out in obedience. So don't get caught up on thinking, I can't ultimately worship God to the best of my ability because I can't sing. Everyone can sing. Everyone can bring something. You may not be, I don't know, pick a really amazing singer. Adele? That's a, polar, that's a polarizing one. Some people don't like Adele. Yeah. Aretha Franklin. Okay, yeah. Uh, you like Adele? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. She sells out arenas and things, so. Yeah, Joel Byrne. No, 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 Joel Oh, Joel. <laughs> okay, great, yeah. Um, moving on. Um, <laughs> it's not about skill. Um, and the, the final thing, the, the final, the fifth point, I actually don't know how long I was supposed to speak for this evening. Longer? I don't know when I started either. Great, brilliant. Get too reliant on clocks. Um, my fifth point is this, that the standards are high. Um, the standards are really high. So your son... I could not imagine God asking me to sacrifice my son. I just don't think I could say yes. I just don't think I could do it. And thankfully, God isn't going to do that. But that's a ridiculously high standard of what God is asking us to do. The standards are high. But my kind of follow-on point from that is and this is the good bit that I referenced earlier, is the standards are high, but God provides. God provides. So we see in the story, and it's even how that bit of scripture that I read ended, is that Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And it says that it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. God provides. God provided a ram. God provided a ram. And if you don't know this, then this is a cool, cool um, picture and idea. That ram is a picture of Jesus. A ram is a picture of, it's an Old Testament picture of what's coming in the New Testament. It's even, Jesus was described with, with language like that as a lamb. A ram and a lamb are not the same thing. But it's, the lamb is like saying this is God's perfect sacrifice um, and saying this is where this is the fulfillment of the promises of old. So God provided a ram as a picture of I'm going to provide something for you in the future, who is going to be your ultimate savior. So that now we don't have to approach God through the lens of sacrifice in terms of you don't see us on Sundays here with a load of sheep coming up one by one from us bringing our like our best produce to God to sacrifice. We don't have to do that anymore, but we still have to because this is a this is about you know the first principle. There still has to be an element of sacrifice. And that normally looks like a heart sacrifice, um, something that I'm laying down um, to God. And it might be your attitude. <laughs> you might come in thinking, I don't want to worship today. I'll go, well, lay that down. Let's get rid of that one. Um, it might be that um, I can't worship today. Well, that, that's unfortunately a load of rubbish because, you know, if Abraham decided to do it when the, the call, the cost was so high, um, then that's a picture for us that whatever we come against, we can make a decision to worship. We can choose to worship. Um, there's, there's 
so yeah it's just a really it, it's a really helpful picture for me whenever i think about worship is to be reminded of that is the first place that we saw worship because it teaches me continually so much about how I should be when I approach worship. Because when we come and have our worship services and we gather for sung worship, it's easy for me. I've played drums since I was two, uh, and not properly. Like, I had a Mickey Mouse drum kit when I was two years old, um, and I had lessons from, like, the age of 10 or something like that. And I played... I. I was 12, I think, when I first started playing in the worship team. I'm 33 now, so um, I'm not that old, but, you know. <laughs> hey, mine, aren't you the same age as me? <laughs> 32, come on. Um, so that's to say, it's really easy for me to go through the motions because I've done it a lot. And when you do something a lot, it becomes comfortable. But actually, I have to... Kind of correct myself every single time I'm up on the platform and say, you know, I want to provide something that's fresh and something that's new. And one thing that um, I heard, first heard Dave Harvey, which is a reference that not many people will get, but Martin was at Dave Harvey's wedding on Saturday. Um, pray this prayer, and I try and pray it regularly. God, I pray that our worship service today would not just be another worship service, but that it would be significant and there would be something different about our worship service today. Because although we go about the motions in some ways, we have to fight against that. Because yes, there's a regularity. It's every single Sunday. It's every single Wednesday. It's every single day if you're um, choosing to engage in Scripture and all that sort of thing. But actually, there's a... There's a um, like a vitalization in your kind of willingness to be a disciplined disciple, to continue to say, I'm not going to get uh, stale with this. I'm not going to let this stagnate. I'm going to choose to say to my spirit, to say to my body, to say, no, I'm going to, even though this might, might feel mundane, I'm going to try and find something fresh and something new and something different about how I can engage with God. I try and think all the time about, so the Bible in Psalm 100 teaches us to enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. And I try and think, how can I speak of God differently this day than yesterday to give him praise? Uh, and what attribute of God can I think about that I haven't repeated back to him before as a way to say, I want to give a fresh, my fresh revelation of who God is. Because scripture also tells us that God is bigger than anything we can comprehend, that he's immeasurable. And so there is always more of God that we yet don't know and that we won't have our eyes open until, until some of what we talked about on Sunday when we're in, when we're in glory. And so I'm like, if I get bored and I stop myself thinking that I can learn more about God, then actually that's my issue. That's not his issue. That's my issue because God is bigger than anything we can comprehend or imagine. I think that is all really that I want to say, other than this was my kind of closing thought, really. Um, our worship ultimately points to Jesus. Our worship ultimately points to Jesus. Because as we've said, that, that picture there in Abraham and Isaac and providing a ram is, is pointing towards Jesus' ultimate sacrifice on the cross where he died for our sin. And so what it's saying is it's kind of pointing to the fact that, you know, all of Scripture points to Jesus. And so our, um, 
worship is to Jesus because until we're fully in glory, Jesus is the one that came down to be able to give us that, that breakthrough, that divide, that barrier. So we're worshiping him as a way to engage with God. And so really when we have that relationship and that revelation, it is kind of giving us access to our sonship, our daughtership in him. So that's aligning us with who we, who our true and um, right picture of our sonship, our daughtership. So our lineage, our heritage is not in, who, in our family or in anything that we have on earth, but it is through God and through Jesus' sacrifice. Because when we become Christians, we're adopted into his family. We're adopted into his family, so we become sons or daughters of the king. And so when we're worshiping Jesus, that's such a reminder of we're worshiping him because of the sacrifice that he made ultimately. And that then says, like, that's why I love the song. Um, I've forgotten the song's called now, but I can remember the, the, the line is, who the sun sets free is free indeed, child of God, yes I am. Uh, what's that song called? Who You Say I Am. Because it's about who he says we are. Um, there you go, boom. Um, and I think that's what's so important is when you think, God, yeah, this is who you say I am. And as a result of that, I want to give you something that's pleasing to you and that is an offering to you in a fresh way every single time I come to worship. Is that helpful? Yeah? Is that a li- you look a little bit bamboozled. Cool. Well, we're going to sing together right now because, as I said, it's not all about singing, but singing is very important. Thanks for listening to this episode of the YA podcast. Remember to subscribe if you like our content and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.